Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health. And today we're joined by Dr. Ali Jaffe, award-winning entrepreneur and junior doctor working within the NHS. Ali has won awards such as the Diana Award and the Prime Minister's Point of Life Award and also talks about progressive medicine and how health and well-being needs to be integrated into all of our lives at work and beyond. Welcome to today's session, Ali. Welcome to the podcast, Ali. Thank you so much for having me. So nice to be here. Not at all. I'm really excited for today's conversation. And it's actually branching out away from workplace health just to general well-being today. And what we're going to talk about is everything alongside lifestyle medicine, nutrition, nutrition and mental health, and how to make sustainable behavioral changes um, within your life. So first of all, could you just introduce a little bit more about your background? Because I found it fascinating reading about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a junior doctor. I live in London, but work just a little bit outside of London. And I qualified last year during the pandemic. So pretty crazy time to finish medical school and really got thrown right in the deep end. And I also like to call myself a doctorpreneur, which is quite a funny little uh, catchphrase, but it basically means that I'm a doctor who went on an entrepreneurial journey. So when I was in second year at medical school, I studied at Bristol. I met a fellow medical student, Dr. Ian Broadley, and we found that there was a huge gap in medical education when it came to being able to advise patients around diet and lifestyle. So we created a startup called NutriTank, which we'll talk a lot more, which essentially aims to promote nutrition and lifestyle interventions uh, within uh, the management, but also prevention of chronic disease. And so it's been a really fun journey being a female founder and just, you know, having that kind of um, get up and go it, disruptive kind of attitude to things, but also finding out when things don't work that you just have to stay calm. So it's been a really amazing journey. And I'm also very passionate about mental health and very open about my lived experience of depression. And I'm a really proud ambassador for UOK Doc which is a charity set up to support doctors' mental health. And I just believe it's very important that we start to break down that stereotype of doctor as superhuman, robotic, detached. Uh, I recently, uh, this week, was in an article in The Times talking about exactly this in reference to the new BBC drama, This Is Gonna Hurt by Adam Kay, which looks at life of a junior doctor. So I'm very passionate about workplace well-being, actually, Harry, and, you know, how we can make little changes to best support our productivity, focus, relationships, connections, etc. And um, yeah, that's it, really, in a nutshell. I don't think that's it at all. That, that was massive. Um, so <laughs> a, a huge amount achieved within, within that short space of time. And um, I think I share a similar mindset with you in terms of that disruptive nature and things need to change somewhat. I was actually going to mention this is going to hurt and I read the Times article. Mm. Um, how reflective is um, that drama and is the book as well of life as a junior doctor? Yeah, so I am a huge fan of Adam and I think I'll preface that because I think a lot of people say he's Marmite, but for me, just love him, completely admire him. And the book is very different to the TV series. So anyone who hasn't watched the TV series but is a big fan of the book, just know that it is different. The TV series is a lot more real. There's less funny, outrageous stories, but more about 
the really dark side of what it's like to be a doctor, but especially what it's like to be a doctor back in the early noughties. And I think that's a really important distinction to draw, that there actually has been a lot of change systemically since Adam practiced to how I practice now in 2022. Mm. It was filmed when he was in 2010 uh, working. So the real, I guess, bread and butter of it all is that unfortunately doctors don't really have an off button and I think that does come across quite a lot in the tv show you're constantly being stretched in different directions whether it's your senior whether it's your patients whether it's the bed manager saying to you we've got to discharge patients because we're having patients come from A&E we need the beds and you're in a situation where you don't feel comfortable um, or safe to discharge some patients and so you're put in that pressurized situation you're also being pulled by your friends and family especially I'm now in my late 20s now lots of engagements things like that so that is still very indicative and that is the bread and butter but what's really important I think throughout the show and what it handles very delicately is processing grief and I think one of the big issues when you're watching the show is you realize just how little time that Adam as a registrar has to process the grief that he experiences from his patients and he just has to brush it under the carpet carry on carry on and how carrying on without dealing with your mental health without dealing with issues that have caused a knock in your confidence or just a knock in your well-being can actually be very detrimental to you as well as your patients and the friends and family surrounding you so I think it's a tremendous tremendous introduction into the stresses of working in a very pressurized healthcare system but obviously there are aspects that are dramatized obviously there are aspects that have changed over the years but I guess what's at the core of it is that we still need to support immensely immensely support our frontline staff and I'm a big believer in thinking that during COVID there were claps but then what happened afterwards what happened to the PTSD that frontline staff experienced once the acute phase was over what actually did they get from a support point of view so for me I think it's just the kind of TV we need to see. It's not for everyone. It's definitely not for pregnant women or people who have had um, traumatic births or miscarriages. It's extremely triggering. But for someone wanting to gain insights into the junior doctor life and the hierarchy nature of the workforce, etc., it's wonderful. My sister's pregnant at the moment and uh, works for the BBC. <laughs> well, she works for the BBC, so I think she had the heads up um, at, at that period. But one thing you mentioned was the pressures on doctors, um, but also the lived experience um, that, that you've had across your life. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind me, is how do you now manage your mental health with those pressures sure. and with that lived experience as well? Absolutely. So for me, I'm actually really grateful that I took my mental health took a, a toll uh, when I was in medical school and timing was a little bit more flexible and I wasn't in a job where I was having to answer to people and there was just somewhat more flexibility with the structures around me. Um, and I say I'm actually really grateful for my kind of dark experience of experiencing depression because it's actually one of my greatest achievements when people ask me. It's not 
um, the awards we've won for Nutritank and this, that and the other. It's actually getting to a place of peace of mind and recovery that I really do believe is long term. And for me, when I, I was halfway through medical school, when I fell into a depression and I was really worried at the time of the stigma and, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be caring for people. You know, why? Why? am I deserving of this role if I can't even function myself? And, you know, it took me a lot of time to get to a level of acceptance before I sought help and then actually to take the help on board. Um, And how I deal with it now, I guess, in summary is for me, and it's not for everyone, I preface this, is medication really helped me. I happened to respond really well to antidepressants which I'm very grateful for because it really helped equilibrate my physiology because I wasn't sleeping eating etc all the physical symptoms that come with a mental illness as well I was experiencing and it really helped me get back into some sort of functional routine and then make me receptive for talking therapy which I tried to do before going on medications and it just went very wrong and I wasted the therapist's time and my own time So I was very receptive to the benefits of medication. I then did something called resilience training with a charity called iHeart, which stands for Innate Health and Resilience Training, because for me and everyone's different, mental health recovery is completely personalized, didn't get on well with CBT. I wasn't interested in psychoanalysis and delving into my past. I wanted to look forward and be solutions-based. And a friend of mine had done resilience training and I knew she'd had really great results from it. And it was structured. You went through lesson plans, but it was tailored to you. And I was felt so chaotic with my thinking. I actually wanted structure. I just, I didn't want to sit across professional and just speak my mind. I wanted them to have some sort of theme for each session that we unraveled. So the way I manage my mental health now, that I'm in a state of recovery is I guess over the acute phases, medication and this resilience training did me the world of good. I'm actually, I'm, I've been two and a half years, three years since I was in a really dark place. And I'm now actually doing a refresher course of the resilience training because it's, I believe resilience is a muscle. I want to keep it working and keep on top of it because I am a junior doctor. I am a startup co-founder. I want to make sure that I can handle all my stresses. And I am very passionate about eating well and stress management and the importance of connection and movement and all those other aspects of lifestyle medicine, which I try implement into my week. So lots of different tools that I use to help with my mental well-being. Fantastic. And one thing I'd love to touch upon is the link between nutrition and mental health that's becoming more widely known now and the link between the gut and the brain and the vagus nerve. Could you just elaborate a little bit on that for our listeners and what people can do to utilize the benefits of nutrition for our mental well-being? Absolutely. So this is the area of medicine that I'm most passionate about. I'm hoping to pursue a career in psychiatry and marry nutrition and psychiatry together. And thankfully, there is this amazing new field called nutritional psychiatry, which essentially looks at nutrition interventions to prevent and manage mental illness. And there's been amazing randomized controlled trials that have come out all about looking at this area and lots of really good data. So what you can do as an individual to improve your uh, mental health, and it will vary depending on what your symptoms are and um, you know what other medications and other tools you're using but I guess the first place to start is obviously looking at the expert advice so I uh, have worked with an amazing uh, psychiatrist at Harvard called Dr. Uma Naidu who's written an amazing 
book called um, This Is Your Brain on Food or The Gut-Brain Connection. There's two different titles, one US, one UK, forget which way around. And she takes you through actually every single mental illness and the research basis of what different uh, foods can be beneficial. But I think if we just look at it more simplistically uh, from, you know, I'm coming from an informed opinion, but I'm obviously not an expert, is little things you can do is look at getting more healthy fats into your diet because we know that our brain responds so well to good fats. So getting loads of olive oil into your diet and um, nuts and seeds. And um, if you can eat, it depends what your dietary preference is. So whether you're vegan or not, but obviously having two portions of oily fish a week can be extremely beneficial. So whether that's sardines, salmon, etc., those are the fishes that are really high in omega-3, which is very important for uh, brain plasticity and um, brain function. And if you just try, I think, you know, one of my favorite principles is just eat the rainbow. If you try and get as many colors into your diet from a fruit and vegetable point of view, uh, you'll be doing your gut so much good. And in turn, that will be uh, giving a lot of beneficial function to your brain. And the reason that is, is because all the colorful food, fruits and vegetables are high in polyphenols. And we know that polyphenols are wonderful for our gut microbiome. And so those are just little things you can do and drink lots of water. And um, yeah, look at the experts work. We actually have tonight, I'm not sure when this is airing, but we've got another expert uh, based in New York called Dr. Drew Ramsey, who's also a nutritional psychiatrist. And he'll be speaking to one of my colleagues on the Nutritank Instagram tonight about all things nutritional psychiatry. So you can catch up on that as you'll be able to hear from an expert exactly what it is you can do to help eat for your brain. Fantastic. So much to take away there, I think, for our listeners. I did suggest to uh, to eat the rainbow to my nephew, and he thought that means a load of Skittles. So uh, that didn't work that didn't work too well. Um, but Ali, thank you so much for joining us today. There's loads to unpack within there, and I think we're going to get loads of people listening two and three times to be able to note down all of the, the wisdom that you've shared with us today. Um, but thank you for joining me as one of our members on the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Harry. For more exclusive insights and content around workplace well-being, please subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.